Hello, listeners, and welcome to the 23rd episode of the Always Drive podcast, your weekly look at the latest news from the car, truck, and motorcycle industries, where we take everything but ourselves seriously. I'm your host, Devlin Riggs, and I am back from Hawaii and back for a full-length episode where I don't just talk about the Echo Boost Mustang. Um, in case you listened to last week's episode, your moment of zen was actually an Echo Boost Mustang exhaust, and while I don't mind it so much, I did mention last week that I would prefer the V8. Go on the YouTube and look up some Echo Boost exhaust, and just read the comments, and read the outrageous vitriol that's out there, because there is a four-cylinder Mustang, and it's turbocharged, and people think it sounds like a rice piece of shit. And, I mean, it doesn't sound as good as the V8 by any means, but it still has a, a, a neat exhaust sound, and it has that uh, turbo-spooling sort of interest to it. I mean, I'm, I, I can't defend it too much, because I don't actually like it that much, but people on the internet really don't like it. Anyway... Um, we're back for a full-length episode this week, and while I normally uh, write out uh, most of a script, um, I had three weeks of information to cover for this week's episode, um, so I sort of went along and wrote some bullet points, but uh, it may be a little sloppier than what you're used to, not to mention a little bit longer, so we'll be doing a bit things a bit differently this week. So just be prepared for that as we move into our top stories this week. Our top story this week is not Uber-related for once. Uh, That's not to say we won't get to them, but it is about new car prices. Uh, So there was a report that came out in the last couple weeks that said a median income household cannot afford to buy an average-priced new car in 24 out of the 25 largest U.S. metropolitan areas. And the study was by uh, the financial services firm Bankrate. Apparently, in the uh, Miami community there, a median income household can only afford to buy a car worth just about $13,577. Now, you can afford a lot of car for that sort of money if you're talking, you know, like used Dodge Neon car. Um, But the study used the 2410 rule of car financing. Uh, which is apparently an industry sort of standard thing. Uh, And the numbers break down into 20% down payment, a four-year loan, and a principal interest or insurance payments all uh, cobbled together, constituting no more than 10% of a household's gross income. So obviously, uh, you know, you can spend more per month on a car. You can spend more for a down payment. Um... On if other factors like housing or groceries or gas are cheap, and gas is cheap right now. And the reality is most uh, people don't follow the 2410 rule, uh, with deep subprime loans becoming more common. That four number is starting to look more like seven or eight in some communities. 
uh, and the people are spending a lot more than 10% of their household's gross income just by virtue of the fact that they're locked into such high interest rate loans to get those uh, lower monthly payments over a longer period of time. Um, now, there was a quote in this story that was really quite profound. Um, it was by Michael Krebs, who's a senior analyst for Auto Trader. Uh, he said, in the past 35 years, the cost of a new car has gone up 35%. A used car has gone up 25%. And in the same time, the median household income has only gone up 3%. So there's obviously going to have to be some sort of uh, straw that breaks the camel's back here. And maybe we're starting to see it with the glut of leased cars coming off of lease and, and flooding the used car market. Um, but we may start to see new car prices start to creep back down and maybe automakers start to cut corners to retain profitability. But it seems like there's an awful automotive bubble building here uh, that is going to be unsustainable. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, Ford uh, made a big splash this week uh, following the cancellation of the $1.8 billion plant uh, in Mexico that they announced uh, earlier this year in the wake of pressure by uh, Donald Trump. Uh, Ford still needed a solution to build the focus, and I mean, let's be honest, it was never going to happen in America. Um, the labor's just too expensive here. Instead of moving the plant to Mexico, or instead of building uh, the cars with robots here, they're moving most of their production to a plant in China. Um, they will, or excuse me, as Trump would want me to call it, China. Um, they will stop production for a full year uh, to complete the move, uh, which came down to cheaper labor in China and the shrinking quality gap. Basically, um, Mexico for a longer time built better cars than China, but now that's uh, starting to no longer be the case. Um, this could be the start of auto, other automakers looking to make the same move as demand for small cars sort of wanes. Uh, GM is needing to decide on what to do with its crews, which is based on a global platform, and they already have plants in China and are increasing their investment in, in that developing market. Also, the volatile state of uh, U.S.-Mexican trade relations uh, carries some big risks if... Uh, Trump follows through on his threats to uh, impose a 35% tariff on cars made in Mexico. Um, the only problem for car makers is uh, Trump has also threatened a 45% tariff on Chinese goods. So by moving to China, they might not may not have uh, saved themselves any money in terms of uh, import prices. Um, his trade representative, Robert Light, Lighthizer, <laughs> said that... Uh, he found Ford's uh, move to China very troubling, uh, and it's understandable. I mean, Trump's threats have absolutely uh, beat uh, the peso down, um, which ironically has made uh, Mexican goods cheaper for Americans to buy. Um, uncertainty over the future of NAFTA has pushed the currency to a new record low, so we'll have to see if Trump's uh, threats do the same thing with China, who he is also... Uh, claimed is uh, manipulating their currency to produce better export prices to the U.S. Anyway, as it relates to automotive companies, we'll start to see uh, soon, probably, if Ford's move starts to become common among other car makers. Uh, in motorsports news, uh, the Porsche number 2 LMP1 car won a narrow victory over uh, cars from the uh, Le Mans Prototype 2 class. Um, this sounds kind of bad because the LMP1 cars are so much more faster and powerful, 
Um, but because the LMP1, it's a Lamont Prototype 1 class, uh, has hybrid requirements, the cars were a lot more, uh, let's call them temperamental. Um, Porsche was in 56th at one point because of an hour delay because of mechanical problems they faced uh, due to the complexity of the, the motor working within the hybrid system. Um, this is the third year in a row with a Porsche victory, um, but that uh, sort of disguises the fact that only Porsche and Toyota were the competitors in the top class this year, and all Toyota cars broke down and didn't finish the race. As I mentioned, uh, second and third place went to uh, a Le Mans Prototype 2 uh, cars, uh, and both of them were actually from the same team, and that team is actually owned by none other than Jackie Chan. Uh, so, uh, I mean, I didn't know he was involved in any sort of racing. He's driven cars in his police story movies, which are fantastic, by the way, if you haven't seen them. Um, Jackie Chan, for a long time, only did movies in America so he could finance his movies in China and in Hong Kong. And uh, the police story movies were some of those movies, and they are excellent movies. Anyway, back to racing. Uh, endurance racing is uh, really costly proving ground for automakers. Um, but the data that they get from racing is invaluable in producing reliable technology for the road. It's sort of a, well, if it can make it here, it can make it anywhere type of approach. And while Toyota has said that they will be back again next year with hybrid cars, Porsche has been dragging their feet saying uh, if they're going to participate next year or not. Um, Audi and Peugeot have already stepped back from uh, the LMP1 class, uh, and Audi did so after a prolonged period of uh, of success with their R8 and R10 and R15 diesel cars. Um, let's see. Next up, the JD Power Initial Quality Survey um, came out this past week, and Kia was at the top for the second year in a row, um, followed by Genesis, which is uh, Hyundai's up-and-coming uh, luxury brand, and Porsche. Um, Korean car brands outperformed uh, domestics, Japanese, and Europeans by a wide margin. So I know there's sort of a stigma about Korean cars being crappy, and that was born with, you know, old Hyundai's and Kia Rios and Kia Sedona's being legitimately shitty cars. Um, but they really have come a long way, and that sort of stigma no longer really applies to these cars. And, and granted, this is just an initial quality survey, but that's really borne out in the, the long warranties that they provide on their vehicles as well. Anyway, uh, the non-luxury cars outperformed luxury cars with BMW, uh, Mercedes, and, and other luxury car makers being lower on the scale. Mini and Ford were among the most improved brands. Well, uh, I bet you can guess who's at the bottom. Uh, Fiat, of course, Jaguar, of course, and not, of course, Volvo, uh, strangely, uh, renowned for their safety and refinement, uh, maybe not so much the refinement part nowadays. Um, what we're seeing is that expensive, complicated cars have many more things that can go wrong, and most issues that were reported were reported in the infotainment systems, followed by very generic-sounding exterior problems, and interior problems, whatever those are. Um, quality, though, has improved each of the past three years, and uh, J.D. Power says that initial quality among cars is at its best level ever, um, which is really too bad, considering nobody's buying new cars to experience it. 
Speaking of Volvo, though, Volvo has decided that uh, you haven't heard enough about them recently. I, I mean, apart from the last story where they got one of the worst J.D. Power scores for initial quality. Uh, much like VW and Dieselgate, they're hoping that you immediately forget about that and focus on this news. Uh, first, they are spinning off the Polestar brand uh, like BMW has for their M division or Mercedes has done with their AMG division. Basically, we'll start seeing Polestar versions of current Volvos and maybe some Polestar-specific vehicles coming out uh, of Sweden shortly, which is great because the cars we've seen from them so far have been pretty impressive, and the Germans definitely need more competition in the uh, performance car category. Um, Volvo has also announced that uh, all cars introduced in 2019 and beyond will be all electric or gas-electric hybrids, which uh, will lead to a fade-out of uh, internal combustion-only cars after the current generation of cars is replaced at the end of their life cycles, which, if you know Volvo, probably means in about 12 years. Uh, by no means is this the end of internal combustion engines. They'll still be used in their hybrid models, but Volvo is the first brand to really say that they are moving uh, two hybrids and EVs completely, um, obviously apart from Tesla and Faraday Future and other car companies that only ever created EVs. Um, anyway, someone had to be the first to do it, and, and Volvo actually makes sense. Uh, being Swedish, the company has always had a pretty progressive attitude, and being Chinese-owned where smog and pollution are both huge problems, going all electric makes sense from multiple angles. Um, but we're going to have to see how buyers respond to this. Volvo plans to have sold a million electrified vehicles, which is uh, sort of vague and potentially misleading, but probably includes hybrids and EVs. Uh, finally, Volvo's parent company, Chinese firm Geely, has brought Terrafugia, or Fugia, I don't know how you pronounce it. Anyway, uh, which you may recall is the designer of the ridiculous, impractical, but still kind of cool flying car, the Transition. Uh, it hasn't made much of a splash, but is one of the uh, very few actual flying cars, in quotes, approved by the FAA. So that's probably some tech there and some bragging rights that Geely wants as it pushes forward uh, with its brands on several fronts. Will we see an all-electric flying Volvo in 2025? Time will tell. But, uh, but no. No, we will not. Not content to let uh, Volvo steal all the news the past couple weeks, Tesla has been particularly active lately. Uh, first, for an upgrade that they are pushing out to uh, their Model S and X models, uh, moving forward, coming out of the factory, uh, this will drop their 0-60 to 60 time by 1.2 seconds, though we're not sure what it's going to do to the range of the cars. Um, this means that the entry-level Model S 75 will take just 4.3 seconds to get to 60 miles an hour, which is, of course, a performance figure that, uh, I mean, just five years ago or so was reserved just for supercar territory. Um, if you're a fan of uh, just hideous egg-shaped falcon wing door having unreliable cars, the base model X75D will do the same sprint in uh, 4.9 seconds, which is uh, not fast enough to get the ugly thing away from me. Uh, Tesla is also supposed to start delivering its first Model 3 cars tomorrow, which is Friday. Um, they're hoping to get 100 cars produced uh, th uh, by next month, August, 
and more than 100, 1,500, excuse me, produced in September, then moving up to 20,000 uh, produced per month from December on. In uh, less good news for Elon Musk, who never really understood why Tesla's stock was so high, uh, it no longer is. Uh, they've come back down to earth this week um, after a really bad week on Wall Street uh, that brought shares down about 15%. Um, they are now below General Motors again uh, in terms of largest car maker or uh, greatest market cap. Um, the company's disclosure that it has experienced a, quote, severe shortfall in production of 100 kilowatt battery hours, kilowatt hour battery hours was apparently behind this, um, but the battery packs weren't the only problem. Um, whereas Tesla initially said that they'd have between one and 200,000 Model 3s on the road by the end of this year, uh, Musk granted that there would probably be only 20 to 25,000 um, or uh, just a fifth of the lowest original projection. Um, sales for the Model S and X also have dipped below expectations. Um, but hey, at least they're not Faraday Future, right? Um, Recode also reported uh, this past week that Tesla is in talks with several record labels about creating a new music streaming service. Um Nobody really knows quite what to make of this or what this means or what they're trying to, why they're trying to compete with Spotify, Apple Music, Pandora, Tidal, Amazon Prime, everything. Uh, and we've had no word from Tesla or Elon Musk on the plans or on the progress. Uh, we may never find out uh, what this is if it ends up leading to nothing, but it's a really strange thing to hear about since building a, a music streaming service is, it's kind of hard. Um, so, of course, uh, so is digging a tunnel under Los Angeles, though, uh, which Musk is doing with his boring company. So uh, I guess you don't tell Elon to stop something once he started it. Uh, that's it for our top stories. Uh, we'll move on to some quicker hits. As part of French President Emmanuel Macron's desire for his country to be a leader in combating climate change and to achieve carbon neutrality by 2050, France has announced that they will be banning the sale of internal combustion engines after the year 2040. Uh, this is being regarded as a matter of public health and includes both gasoline and diesel cars, uh, but it's not clear if it includes uh, traditional or plug-in hybrids. Uh, Norway has also pledged to do this by 2025, setting an even more ambitious timeline, and India has uh, somewhat unbelievably promised to be gas-free by 2030. Uh, the challenge for these countries is that to get to the level that EVs don't pose a problem for drivers of uh, normal internal combustion cars, they have to invest a lot in charging infrastructure and incentives to lower the cost of these EVs uh, for prospective buyers, buyers, which in some countries uh, they're incapable of or unwilling to do so. Uh, time will tell if this uh, news has been wishful thinking or part of a wider civic planning project. Uh, Republicans on the Energy Commerce Committee's Digital Commerce and Consumer Protection Subcommittee uh, have outlined some new federal regulations regarding testing and future deployment of autonomous vehicles. Uh, a group of 14 bills uh, would greatly increase the number of exemptions 
for vehicles outside of the typical federal motor vehicle safety standards. Currently, the FMVSS requires cars to have a steering wheel, brakes, and uh, turn, well, not brakes, but a brake pedal, and turn signals, uh, which are equipment uh, not necessarily necessary on autonomous vehicles. Um, the bills would increase the exemptions granted by the feds from uh, current 2,500 cars to 100,000. Uh, the uh, Sort of worryingly, the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration has not been involved or invited to weigh in on the matter. So uh, while this is good for development uh, for the car companies, it is uh, very highly questionable for safety. After 16 deaths and 180 injuries worldwide were linked to airbags, uh, Takata has declared bankruptcy and has been bought by Key Safety, which is based in Sterling Heights, Michigan, um, who said that they would buy, uh, quote, substantially all of Takata's global assets and operations for about $1.6 billion. Uh, in February, Takata pleaded guilty to wire fraud and uh, for systematically withholding information about defects and manipulating airbag inflator test data. Uh, in January, a federal grand jury indicted three former Takata executives for criminal wrongdoing, uh, also in connection with this defect. Um, about a month later, Takata agreed to pay a billion-dollar criminal fine um, potential liabilities, though, for Takata are as high as $10 billion uh, for ongoing recalls, the various fines and settlements uh, arising from other civil lawsuits. Uh, and co according to another report from Tokyo Shoko Research, uh, they said Takata's total liabilities could, could stand at $15 billion. Um, but apparently to key safety, the seatbelts, uh, employees, factories, and other assets were attractive enough for key safety to buy them. Um, there have been a rash of ransomware incidents recently, uh, and automakers have not been immune to the problem, with uh, Honda having to shut one of their factories down for a full day in the wake of a ransomware virus infecting the facility. A uh, factory in Sayama, which makes the Accord, Odyssey, and Stepwagon, which is a car we don't get here in the States, had about a thousand computers infected, and uh, the entire place had to be shut down so IT workers could go in and recover their systems. Um, this has me asking, why can't hackers at least go after factories producing crossovers? Um, now, there was a concept of this shown a couple years ago, but the new Viz uh, heads-up display for motorcyclists uh, has finally hit shelves. Uh, this fits on a full-frame bicycle helmet and has a built-in action camera. The display will pop up information into your visor with uh, uh, stats like navigation. Uh, it'll show incoming calls and show uh, media player info. It'll also come with a handlebar controller so you can still change things uh, while you're actually riding your bike. Uh, it is a neat piece of kit, and it is a lot better than looking down at a handlebar-mounted phone or one mounted on the top of a tank bag, but it costs $700, which is more than the cost of, I think, every single helmet I have, and more than the cost of very high-end racing helmets, so uh, you have to be a really dedicated rider to shell out that sort of money. Up next, uh, Mercedes and BMW have been making jacked-up cars with uh, stupid roofs and unusable cargo space and calling them sport activity coupes or sport utility coupes for a while, and they have been selling apparently pretty well. Uh, according to Bloomberg writer Kyle Stock, um, he recently drove a GLC 300 
coop and coop is not the right term for it but uh he really liked the attention that the car drew he said it's a master of class in curb appeal and it's a cure for suv fatigue the latest entry in a strange genius of automobile automobilia that makes little sense but lots and lots of money um which just goes to further prove the point that they are selling well based on appearances alone and not based on capabilities um, the problem is these sport utility coupes and all the stupid other in-between models that BMW and Mercedes have been selling is that they haven't been growing their slice of the sales pie. In June, among luxury brands, BMW suffered a 2.8% uh, decline in sales and Mercedes sales fell slightly, uh, which continued a trend of six-month losses. Uh, according to a New York Times article on the subject and an interview with Shujat Siddiqui, uh, general manager at Dave Walter BMW in Akron, Ohio. Uh, he said BMW's goal was to increase market share, but it's turned out to be a little bit of cannibalization. BMW customers are just moving from one model to another, he said. Um, but the brand has been unable to bring in new buyers and expand its market share. Um, this article also failed to mention the development costs of these new cars. Uh, there's a concept called economies of scale, and uh, while cars can share engines and transmissions among models, it won't apply to bodywork, chassis, or suspension components, which tend to be different for each model, uh, especially when you start jacking them up and lowering roofs and adding weight, uh, and then each sub-sub-model, uh, which has been the case with these luxury brands. These components and body panels cost a lot to develop and then uh, produce in a lower numbers than if BMW were just selling, say, two to three versions of the 3 Series rather than six or seven. I've talked about this before, bemoaning the fact that these cars aren't good at one thing, but celebrating the fact that we live in an unprecedented age of choice, but the choices simply aren't working out for the companies providing them to consumers, so we'll see how long this really lasts. Um, Porsche, which doesn't currently have an EV on sale, unless I'm mistaken, uh, wants to have 50% of their sales be EVs in less than six years. Um, their Mission E, which is scheduled to be launched in 2019 with 300 plus mile range and typical Porsche performance, will start this push. And they said that the next Macan could be either all EV or have EV uh, options, which is smart because small SUVs are uh, just killing it right now. Um, it would be uh, tough to sell that, though, alongside a gas version, just based on development costs, because uh, having a an all-battery floor for a vehicle requires a completely different chassis than having uh, you know, a normal internal combustion engine in the front. Anyway, uh, we'll see what this means for the 911 and the, the 918 uh, Boxster and Cayman. Um, but we could start seeing some really fancy uh, Porsche electric vehicle sports cars that might start being uh, slightly affordable. We'll see. Um, Chevrolet has revealed the Nürburgring lap time for its track-ready Camaro ZL1 1LE. Um, the car lapped the Nürburgring in 6 minutes, 17 sec seconds, and uh, 4 hundredths of a second making it uh, almost 14 seconds quicker than the regular ZL1. Uh, it's also faster than the Nissan GTR, the Ferrari 488 GTB, and the previous generation Porsche 911 GT2 RS. 
Ultimately, though, uh, it doesn't matter that it's crazy quick because you'll never appreciate that speed on the road, and I'd still rather have a Ferrari than a Chevy. Uh, to put this into even more perspective, the next Hyundai Santa Fe was also spotted testing at the Nürburgring, which just goes to show that performance there means basically nothing for how a new car ultimately ends up. Waymo, which is Google's autonomous uh, car arm, is partnering with Avis, uh, which will offer fleet support and maintenance services to Waymo's auto autonomous vehicles. Uh, this effort will start in Phoenix, where there are about 100 Chrysler Pacifica minivans uh, touring the streets, and will be expanded as 500 more minivans are added to the fleet across the country. Avis has 11,000 locations in 180 countries, which would help Waymo have sort of a hub everywhere and would allow the cars to uh, operate out of more uh, areas and learn more local intricacies. Uh, Avis is apparently going to be offering just general maintenance services and offer or, and the uh, more complex uh, autonomous uh, sort of maintenance services will still be performed by Waymo uh, engineers. Avis also owns uh, Zipcar, so they uh, definitely have seen the writing on the wall in terms of auto industry disruption and are doing their best to stay ahead of the game, so I applaud them for that. Um, an Uber update, I told you we'd get to them eventually. Uh, after going uh, initially on indefinite leave of absence, CEO Travis Kalanick has officially resigned uh, after mounting pressure from shareholders after a string of workplace scandals and, oh, just a ton of other shit. Um, Kalanick will remain a board member at Uber uh, and will help them search for a new CEO, according to the New York Times. Um, this will probably lead to fewer distractions for the company, but speaking of distractions, your Uber ride may be getting a little bit more expensive because they have added a tipping option to the application, uh, which is probably seeking to appease their drivers who have been suing them a lot recently for lost wages. Um, the release, which mentioned the addition of tipping, also mentioned other improvements uh, for driver earnings. Uh, decreasing the time drivers have to wait for riders before they can cancel from five minutes to two, meaning if your pin gets dropped in the wrong location, you have to freaking sprint to where the driver is, um, and also getting rid of unpaid wait times for riders, um, allowing for immediate cash out on earnings and injury protection insurance in the event of an accident. Uber's news came out uh, after Lyft, uh, which has been had tipping for five years, um, announced that drivers had earned more than $250 million in tips in those five years. So the timing was probably not coincidental. Uh, on the plus side for Uber, uh, Ohio Municipal Court Judge Michael A. Kitchenetti, I, I don't know. Uh, he's been sentencing criminals uh, convicted of DUIs with a very unique punishment. Uh, installing Uber or Lyft on their phones and keeping a credit card linked to the app as a condition of their probation. It's a nice idea in theory to uh, encourage habitual drunks to use alternate means of transportation, but it sort of amounts to an endorsement of these apps over cab companies, which could be, in my opinion, uh, sort of an ethical problem for the courts. Um, speaking of CEOs that are out, uh, news came out recently that Ron Dennis has sold all his shares of McLaren and was separating himself from the company. Uh, and I realize this means probably nothing to uh, most people out there, but Ron Dennis was responsible 
for some of McLaren's greatest motorsports triumphs since the 1980s, uh, signing and working with some of the greatest racing drivers in history, and infamously uh, sharing confidential technical information from the Ferrari Formula One team. Uh, he's led the brand to McLaren brand to a recent revitalization, uh, going from a company with a single incredible road car to one with several models that regularly compete for the title of world's best or fastest car. Apparently, his exit comes after some serious friction with a French-Saudi billionaire uh, who has been snapping up shares, uh, much like other oil barons have been doing with European soccer teams. Uh, when it comes to single individuals who have etched their names in automotive history, uh, Ron Dennis is certainly one of them, and it's a bit sad to see him pushed out of a company that he poured so much time and effort into uh, by some spoiled old money rich jerk. Top Gear USA uh, was canceled last year, but now we're going to be getting Top Gear America, uh, which will start airing on BBC America on July 30th. Um, based on the trailer that uh, came online the past couple of weeks, uh, it looks like a lot of fun. Uh, gone are Tanner, Adam, and Rutledge, who I did like a lot, but um, didn't have the same sort of gel as James, Richard, and Jeremy, uh, which in truth no one can. Uh, in, though, for uh, Top Gear America are auto journalist Tom Wookie Ford, uh, actor Bill Fichtner, and pro racer Antron Brown. Um, so go check out the trailer. Like I said, it looks like a lot of fun, and we're going to see if they're given a better shot at success than the Top Gear USA guys were. Um, a new drifting record has been set by South African journalist Jesse Adams, um, who set the Guinness World Record for longest drift at 5 hours and 46 minutes, drifting a total of 102.5 miles at a blistering pace of 18 miles per hour. Um, what car did he use to set such a slow, meandering record? Must have been something rear-wheel drive with low power, right? Turns out there's the perfect car for this, the Toyota GT86. Uh, it does not make for entertaining viewing, so don't go check this out. Uh, but it's certainly a feat, so I guess congratulations to him. Uh, back to Volvo for a second. Volvo's autonomous cars have been testing all over the world in the past couple of years uh, here in the U.S. with Uber and Sweden and also in Australia where they have run into a very unique problem. Uh, kangaroos uh, move nothing like deer, elk, or moose. Uh, and while the Volvos do a great job of avoiding those sort of four-legged animals, the bouncy way in which kangaroos travel, which is a, a lot of times in the air, completely confuses the collision avoidance system in uh, Volvo's autonomous cars. 80% um, of animal collisions in Australia uh, involve kangaroos, so it's definitely a serious problem. Uh, the sensors in their collision avoidance systems are based on distance and apply the brakes when they sense that something is coming closer using the ground as a reference point. Though, um, apparently, David Pickett, Volvo's Australia technical manager, said that we've noticed with the kangaroo being in mid-flight, when it's in the air, it actually looks like it's further away. Then it lands and it looks like it's closer, which really messes with the brain of the autonomous car. So they don't have a solution yet, but they're working on to it, on it since it'll be pretty, pretty much vital to selling autonomous cars in Australia. Now uh, we are going to look at some new cars that were announced in the last three weeks. 
first up is the Kia Stonic, which is a compact crossover based on the Kia Rio platform, uh, and it actually uses the same front doors as the Kia Rio, but the rest of the car is completely different. Uh, this is going to be similar to the Hyundai Kona that was recently revealed. Uh, it's basically a more conventional compact SUV than the Kia Soul or the Nissan Juke. Uh, we have no word on engines or availability of the Kia Stonic in the U.S., but uh, when it goes on sale, it'll probably sell really, really freaking well. Um, Volkswagen, uh, remember that recent VW ID Buzz concept, uh, which was sort of a retro-futuristic microbus uh, that Volkswagen rolled out at an auto show. I think it was Geneva. Uh, apparently, that's headed for production. Uh, as VW board member Herbert Dies said, uh, quote, emotional cars are very important for the Volkswagen brand, end quote. Uh, the concept had an all-electric powertrain and sat on VW's uh, modular architecture, uh, so we don't know the price or if it's going to remain an EV or get a small gas motor or be some sort of hybrid when it arrives, uh, but we just know that it's approved for production. So there's that. Uh, also, uh, the past couple weeks, uh, the, we got a new Maserati Gran Turismo. Um, it has a new face. It has a slight bump in power, um, but otherwise it is essentially the same car that was launched back in 2007 with the engine from 2008 slightly tuned for better power. Um, now, I, I get that they're sort of uh, taking the uh, Volvo approach to uh, car uh, generation length, but it, it really is about time for a new Maserati Gran Turismo. Get it together, Maserati. Um, Aston Martin, uh, not to uh, leave Maserati alone, announced a new DB11 uh, that will come with a V8. Um, normally, uh, this car comes with a V12, but the new V8 option is no slouch. Uh, it makes 500 horsepower and 513 foot-pounds of torque. It'll do 0 to 60 in 4 seconds and is a full 250 pounds lighter than the V12. Um, it is also... A whopping uh, $16,000 less than the V12. Um, but uh, that's all relative because it still costs just a grand shy of $200,000. And at that price, does $16,000 really make the difference between a V8 and a V12? I, I would think for most buyers, probably not. Um, Aston Martin also announced uh, a, a successor to the Rapide, which is the four-door DB9, which looks fantastic. Um, this is the Rapid E. Um, of course, E because it's an EV. Uh, it's a four-door performance EV, and it will come in 2019. Uh, this car was supposed to be developed with Le Echo, which is the parent company of Faraday Future. But as you can probably guess, uh, that didn't freaking work out. Um uh, Aston Martin has switched development partners to Williams Advanced Engineering, which develops all the batteries for the Formula E race cars. So they they kind of know what they're doing there. Um, just 155 of the Rapid E will be built, and they will cost more than 250 grand. Uh, but they are also developing an also an all-electric version of the DBX, an upcoming crossover, which we still have not seen yet. So it's not like the uh, Williams Advanced Engineering Partnership will just be for 155 cars. Um, Hennessy, uh, you may have heard of the Hennessy Venom GT, which is a stretched and widened and lowered Lotus Elise with a ridiculous amount of power. 
uh, and is tuned by the Texas-based company called Hennessy. Now they are talking about their upcoming Venom F5, uh, which will be a vehicle utilizing a unique chassis and body and has been named the F5 after the strongest recorded class of Tornado. Uh, appropriately, Hennessy is claiming that the car will be capable of speeds, quote, approaching 300 miles per hour. 300! The Bugatti Chiron, which makes almost 1,500 horsepower, is electronically limited to 261, which nobody, nobody will ever, ever reach. To put this into perspective, the takeoff speed of the Concorde, the supersonic passenger jet was just 225 miles per hour. And Hennessy says that their car will do a full Texas speed limit more than that. Ridiculous. Unnecessary. And badass. I say go for it, Hennessy. Uh, so everyone is familiar with the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile. Uh, there really is nothing quite like it on the road. Uh, I, it's actually rolled by uh, my office a few weeks ago, and everybody on the fourth floor was just leaning out the windows trying to take a look at the Wienermobile. Everybody stops and looks at it when it drives by. Now there is a Wiener Mini, which is a Wienermobile based on the Mini Cooper. Uh, there's also a Wiener Rover, which is a Vespa, painted in Wienermobile colors and coming complete with a wiener sidecar uh finally is the wiener drone which as you probably picture in your head is a quadcopter shaped like a wiener but with rotors coming out of it uh it's really the perfect hot dog delivery system for this day and age uh, making everything wiener shaped really does make it look cute and entertaining uh, that's it for uh, new cars. In terms of obituaries, we do have a couple, and they're both compliments of Hyundai. Uh, apparently, they have canceled the Hyundai Accent hatchback. The uh, next model Accent is still going to come to America, but it won't come as a hatchback, which is okay because we're apparently getting the i30N, uh, which is uh, sort of a hot hatch type of thing uh, that we don't know a whole lot about yet. They have also killed off the Hyundai Azera sedan, which you probably forgot existed, but that's okay because uh, Hyundai is putting more effort into their Genesis sedan and line. And that is going to do it for us this week. I know we're running kind of long, and there was just a lot to get through this week, and I even pushed some off to next week to cover. Uh, but tune in next week for some more old news. For uh, this week's call to action, I want to encourage everyone to exercise a little bit more tolerance. Uh, as I mentioned in the opener this week, I was really struck by all the really awful negative comments on some of the Echo Boost Mustang exhaust videos I saw on YouTube last week. And I spent some time this week thinking about that. Uh, when someone goes out of their way to record a video of their car, sometimes even editing a video together and then uploading that video to YouTube and sharing it, they're not just doing it to do it, they're, they're doing it because they think it's cool and they want to share this cool thing that they did with others or share this cool thing that they have. Um, unfortunately, the internet is a land of opinions, which in addition to assholes everyone has, the difference is uh, some people choose to express their opinions as assholes and shit on someone else's work or the thing that they're proud of or happy about. And that can really take some of the fun out of it. 
this goes back to that Jalopnik article, which asked what the worst thing about being a car enthusiast was, uh, and the responses were almost unilaterally saying other car enthusiasts. Uh, there's no reason we should be forcing our opinions on others when they have not asked for it, either online or in real life, uh, as the kids would say, IRL. Uh, so let's practice a little more of uh, you do you, I'll do me, and let one another have their own likes and dislikes if they aren't bothering us. A little tolerance will go a long way uh, to making everyone feel happier, and life is just simply too short to be unhappy. And far be it for us to be the ones to take away someone else's happiness. Uh, with that, thank you for listening, and thank you to Nicholas Falcon for our intro song. Uh, your uh, moment of zen this week will be uh, the Porsche 919 Hybrid. Uh, this is the LMP1 version that uh, just barely squeaked out a win over the uh, Le Mans Prototype 2 class uh, over the weekend at uh, the 24 Hours of Le Mans. So here, friends, is your moment of zen.